I'm, uh, I'm nervous. I'm not used to standing way up here. Uh, but there's uh, so many of you out there, it just feels like the occasion. Um, these past uh, uh, five weeks or so, um, we've been doing a series together called Our Story. And we've been talking about um, those, the, those opening chapters of Genesis and how those were the stories that, um, that the Hebrew children, uh, the Hebrew people told to explain the world around them. The stories of their encounters with God. And we talked about how those stories are really all of our story. And uh, before we uh, start our next series, I just wanted to take a, uh, a, a break to share my story, to share what I know about God and his grace, what I know of God's kindness and the richness of his mercy. I think you kind of have the right to know where your pastor is coming from, what he's experienced and what he believes. And so I just wanted to um, take, uh, take a few moments this morning to share my own story with you. The first thing I knew about Grace was a rocking chair. Um, when I was very small, uh, uh, we had um, in my parents' apartment this old gliding rocking chair. Uh, they, and um, I just remember uh, just whenever I needed to be comforted, whenever I scraped my knee, whenever uh, anything was, was, was going on, and, you know, I was three, four years old, my mom would take me into that rocking chair, and, uh, and, and she would rock me back and forth, and she would sing to me. And, um, and uh, she, would always, uh, she would always sing this song to me um, that... I didn't even understand what the words meant to this song. I just, uh, they felt like they were especially to me. And whenever I hear this song, I, I think of, uh, of my mother's voice and the way, uh, the way um, it sounded when my ear was pressed up against her chest and she would sing to me. And before I understood what grace was and before I understood what a Jesus was, grace was already at work in my life. Grace was already a part of the fabric of my existence. I think it is for all of us. I can remember one night in particular, it was storming outside, the rain was pouring down and I was afraid and I woke up my mother and uh, she took me to that old rocking chair. And she rocked me back and forth, back and forth. And she sang that song for me that was meant especially for me. It's my song.
as I grew up, I uh, came to know and understand grace even more. Through Sunday school, through confirmation, through all the things that a kid that grows up in the church, uh, uh, it goes through. Through, like, the old man and the old woman at church. That There, there was that old man that always kept those Werther's original uh, in his pocket and always made sure that, uh, that I had one. Um, always a little warm, always a little sticky um, uh, for church. I remember um, there was this picture um, in, in my dad's office, um, uh, this sketch of Jesus um, holding a lamb, and, and it had this, this nail piercing on it. And even now, if I close my eyes and I hear the word grace, that's what I think of. Jesus holding me in his arms really close. As I grew into a teenager, the most powerful experiences of grace and the most powerful experiences of God I had was probably every year at summer camp. Thursday night. Those of you that have been to summer camp, you know Thursday night is always a real special time. That's always a time when we campers were invited to, uh, to make some kind of response. And, uh, and every year I would make some kind of, of response. I got saved a couple of times, got uh, rededicated a couple of times. And I don't think each time I really understood what it meant or what it was about. I just knew that, that, that there was something calling me and that I was responding to something. There's something I could feel its presence near to me and, and, and its presence taking care of me and I, and I wanted to respond to it. And so even though I didn't really understand what it was or what it was about, I was coming forward. And each year, I was, uh, I was understanding it a little bit more. So finally, I think, one summer, I got it. And one summer, I meant it. And all of those previous campfires, they were like, they were like signposts, like lights leading me the way to God. And all of those people God put in my life, they were like signposts leading the way to God. But all along, it was his amazing grace that was wooing me. grew up, um, got married, had kids, and uh, I found myself um, as a, a youth pastor um, at a church. It, it kind of, I backed into it, really. 
Um, I didn't have this big grand epiphany. Um, it was something that I started out doing um, in college part-time to uh, pay for my pizza bill. And, um, and then, you know, I took a full-time job and then it just kind of stuck. And I guess I know that grace was leading me that way. And that God was, 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 was shaping my, 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 my life in a certain way to get where I am today. But I didn't recognize it at the time. Crystal and I had two beautiful girls together. Nora Grace and Savannah. And they lit up my life. And then we got pregnant again. I say we. Crystal got pregnant again. And we had two girls, and that felt like a complete set. And so, uh, and so inside, I was really hoping for a boy. And I was kind of wondering if, uh, if, if you know, um, girls were all we could do. And so I, I, was, I was really hoping for a boy, and, uh, and, and we were excited, and, um, and Crystal just kept saying, you know, the way she was carrying it, you know, something about it, it felt different, felt like it was probably a boy. And so um, the time came for that ultrasound um, where, where we were going to find out the gender. And, um, and so we were kind of taking bets on boy or girl, boy or girl. And I'll never forget, um, we got into, the, uh, into the, um, the room. They smeared the jelly and do the thing. And, um, and we're, just, we're just waiting for the verdict. And um, the, the nurse is, uh, is looking at the screen. And then she uh, motions to another nurse. And then they both look at the screen. And then they walk out of the room. And it's a long time. It feels like forever. And then they come back in the room with the doctor. And then the doctor looks at the screen. And he looks at us and gives us the news. This baby's heart isn't beating anymore. And we weren't expecting that. We weren't ready for that. At first, I didn't know um, what that meant. And, uh, and I was just, you know, is there something we did? Is there something, you know? And, uh, and, and, and the doctor said, no, this is just probably, you know, in the, the DNA from the start. And uh, we were just so shell-shocked. And the doctor said, Crystal is so far along in the pregnancy, um, she's gonna have to deliver this baby stillborn and so we're gonna have to come back at the at the uh the six month mark and she was going to be induced into labor and deliver the baby and i'm telling you um in that in that um it felt like a month maybe it was a couple weeks i don't know in that time of preparation for that experience I was praying, I was hoping, I was, I was as asking for something, anything, a sign. It was all just sort of, 
it was feeling like everything was being ripped away from me, like the, like, like the, the, um, the, the rug had been pulled out from under me. And the night comes, and, uh, and Crystal's induced into labor, and she goes through all of the, uh, the pain and the trial of childbirth. And at the end, there's a baby that's not breathing. Crystal wanted to, wanted to see the baby. I didn't. I couldn't. I thought it would kill me. I've seen pictures now. They put him in a little white shoe box, a knit cap on his head, one of those little uh, King James New Testament and Psalms, and they gave him to us to bury. We named him Jacob because I was holding out hope that someday I'll meet him on the other side of that ladder between our world and that world beyond. couldn't stand to be in that hospital room. Felt like the walls were closing in around me and I was getting tired of being strong. So I excused myself and I went outside the hospital so I could get some crisp, cool air and I found this little, uh, little park bench next to the hospital and I just sat in the bench. And I needed to be in a rocking chair. I needed to, to feel someone close to me, to, to, to know that it was going to be all right. And so I called up my parents. And, of course, they already knew what was happening. And, and I tried to get out in words, you know, just kind of deliver, you know, the news. And I started talking, but then I was just sobbing. And my dad said, we're so, so sorry for your lost son. And we talked for a little bit, and I hung up the phone. And I just sat there on that bench, not knowing what to do. Now, what happened next, I don't quite know how to explain. I told this story a couple of times and, and, and hoped that this running start would, would, would help me know how to put this into words. But the best I can say is, is suddenly I felt something around me. 
I, I, I felt God's presence. And I felt like I was being rocked back and forth. There was a calm, there was a peace that came into my heart. And I don't know whether I thought of these words or I heard these words or I remembered these words, but, but somehow these words were on my heart and they were on my mind. What Jesus said to his disciples, I will not leave you orphaned. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I just kept thinking of those words over and over and over. And this, this peace, this calmness flooded into my heart. I knew it was going to take a while. I knew there was going to be a lot of rebuilding. I knew that there was going to be a lot of scar tissue. But I also in that moment knew I was going to be okay and that I wasn't walking alone. That grace that was still that was there in the good times is going to be there for me in the bad times. up in a bow I was not healed overnight there's a part of me that still isn't healed but there are some things that have helped one was once Chris and I got our heads together and decided we still wanted to keep trying we did have that boy <laughs> Maybe you've met him, and he's like, uh, he's like uh, two boys in one, really. And we named him William Bruce after both of our dads. But another thing is I began to tell my story. At first, just to some friends, you know, um, at first just uh, um, to, to people that would listen. And then in youth group to people that I felt like, you know, needed to hear that God could be with them in the bad times. And then I was invited to tell it in church. And I had never really thought of myself as a preacher um, up until that point. I'd given a sermon a couple times, but I'd always sort of felt like a pinch hitter, you know? Um, uh, someone that, uh, that, 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 was, that was brought in um, after, uh, after Easter um, or after Christmas to relieve, uh, to relieve the real preacher. Look, I told this story much like I'm telling it to you now. 
And the whole week and the whole month afterwards, people were coming up to me and they were telling me their stories of, of something similar or something different. But, but they had gone through, through, through tough times and they had felt, felt God's presence too. And I realized that God was using what I was going through to heal people and to touch people and, to he- and, and that somehow in telling my story that, that was healing me too. That somehow um, through my wounds and through my scars, God was able to, to, to transform that and to help me to be a blessing. And because of my telling this story, I'm here this morning. That was the seed of my call to preach. I can only speak for myself. My little tragedy may pale in comparison to anything you've gone through. I don't know why God lets it happen. I don't know the answer to those, those, those questions are too lofty for me. But I know this. Underneath it all, underneath all the joy, the pain, the hopes, the experiences, and the dreams, I know that Jesus is there. His grace is calling out to each of us. But he wants to lead us home. story. That's my experience of God's transforming and amazing grace. I wonder what your story is. And I wonder if you will tell it. I wonder if you will tell others the good news of what God has done through you and in you in the worst times of your life and in the best times of your life so that they too will know that amazing grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.